the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God will gladly take over navigating our lives when we surrender to Him. He's standing on the outside, waiting for us to open the door of our hearts from the inside. We must let Him in and give Him complete control. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, listen closely as he focuses in on God's criteria for knowing His will and what we must willingly do to live in Him, through Him, and for Him. God must always be first in all things, and we must submit to His Lordship in all things. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Amen. And Father, thank you for this, another privilege to preach your gospel. I just counted a joy and a privilege and a sheer delight because you have called me, anointed me uh, to say a timely word and help me now, empower me, help the people to prepare to receive your word because the word can go forth and the hearts are not prepared. Prepare the hearts of your people, virtually, spirit center, in person. Help us to attune our ears to thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Have your Bibles turned to 1 John chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. 1 John chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. And keep your Bibles open. Just good to hear all the pages rattling. That's just a good thing before the Lord in his house. The scripture reads, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not Keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach spiritual truths that the child of God must know. Spiritual truths that the child of God must know. We live in a world that is literally filled with all kinds of information. This is the information overload, actually. We are bombarded with an onslaught of data. We are bombarded with facts and figures and statistics, materials, and information to carry out our daily 
uh, assignments and activities in life. We need to be up on the latest technological upgrades in order to function. We are forced to learn about technology in order to possess required skills to perform in our area of expertise. We need to have interpersonal skills to survive today. We need to know how to budget. We need to know how to eat healthy, how to exercise, how to communicate, to sell ourselves in the marketplace. We need to be able to demonstrate good manners, good etiquette, and good protocol. We also need to know how to survive in the midst of a COVID-19 climate, in the midst of terrorism, rising crime rates, supply chain disruptions, and an unstable economy. However, if you're going to live the successful Christian life, there are some things you must know as a child of God because it is highly possible to be successful from the world's perspective and be spiritually deficient and faulty when it comes to our own spiritual life. The beloved Apostle John, who is now an aged old man, full of wisdom, closes this particular epistle by speaking tenderly to the believers of his day. In verses 19, in 18, in verses 19 and verses 20, he uses the word, we know. I want you just underline that. It's not going to hurt your Bible. We know four times as he shares with them the spiritual things they must know in order to overcome Satan and his seductive heretical uh, strategies and heretical teachers. As we're closing the book of 1 John, let's go back from way back yonder when, uh, I guess we started this book maybe about a year and a half ago or something. You say four chapters and it took you all that time. Well, I went verse by verse and I went chapter by chapter and slower is better than fast so that you can glean, gain, grow and learn because I don't know when I'm coming back to first John. So we make the most of where we are so that we can get all that God is saying before proceeding to the next book from God. But just for a tidbit of review, we've been, so many have come at different points of time along the way. And I just want to remind you, and some of you have remembered and some of you have forgotten. And uh, I want to remind you why was first John written. Why was this book written in the first place? If we're going to end the book, we're toward the end. You need to go back and say, well, what, could you please remind us why this book was written to begin with so that we can kind of understand what John was intending his audience in that day to know? Well, A, first John was written by the apostle John to refute the destructive teachings of false teachers and the Gnostics, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S. First John was written by the Apostle John to refute the destructive teachings, false teachings of the Gnostics by stressing the reality of the incarnation and the emptiness of profession without 
practice. Some folks say they know Christ, but when you look at how they live their lives, they don't live out the reality of Christ. Now, the word Gnostic, say Gnostic. The word Gnostic derives from the Greek word Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, Gnosis. Gnosis means knowledge, knowledge. And the Gnostics, they love exalting and acquiring knowledge. For in their view, knowledge was the end of all things. What about these Gnostics, these heretical false teachers that John had to contend with? Gnostics declare that matter is evil. They also taught that any teaching of the incarnation, God becoming flesh, is unacceptable. They were heretical. They were false teachers. And they were propagating and perpetrating this kind of damnable teaching amidst the flock. These Gnostic false teachers denied that a sinless Christ could have a human body. Just damnable theology. And to uh, resist that, 1 John says, 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many, underline this, false Prophets, false teachers, have come, have gone out into the world. They were false teachers. They were heretical teachers. And they were dispensing a false doctrine. So John wrote 1 John to refute the destructive teachings of false teachers and the Gnostics. B, false teachers First John was written to encourage believers to fellowship with God and other believers. First John was written to encourage believers to fellowship with God and other uh, believers. As a matter of fact, the key word in the book of First John is fellowship. And the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. It is to have in common. And there are things that as believers that we have in common because of being in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to have the same mind. Uh, we're the sa- we're to have the same Bible. We're to have the same Christ. Uh, we're, we're to be saved by the same blood. We follow God and the, the Lord, our Lord in the same baptism. We have many commonalities. And what churches are often guilty of are finding those things that are quite divisive as opposed to following those things that unites us. Things that we have in common so that we can galvanize ourselves around to the glory of Almighty God. So First John was written to remind believers to continue written to encourage believers to fellowship with God and other believers. And you know what Satan wants to do? He wants to do everything he can to divide us, to separate us, to create issues, to make mountains out of molehill. And you leave here without the gospel. You leave here without uh, sound doctrine. You leave here focusing on the majors instead of the minors. And you could come here and miss God. And say, don't mind you coming to church as long as you miss God. So we need to galvanize ourselves 
And we, we have so many issues, points of views until uh, we don't allow the Bible to cultivate the mind of Christ so that we can all be of the same mind, same mind. So be first, first John was written to encourage believers to fellowship with God and others. First John four, seven says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from sin. We have fellowship with God. See, first John was written to remind believers to continue to obey God's commandments. First John was written to remind believers to continue to obey God's commandments. First John five, three says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. This whole book the, is the word of God, the commandments of God and his commandments are not burdensome. Oh, uh, uh, I got to obey the word today. Obeying God should not trouble you. Thank you, Lord. Should not trouble. It should not burden you. I mean, matter of fact, you de-stress yourself when you obey God and you create more stress in your life through a disobedient life. If you want to calm yourself down, you want to relax and experience more tranquility, then obey the word of God. Just obey. Just rest in his word. Abide in his word. Hope in his word, live in his word, let the word of God abide in you richly. His commandments are not burdensome. Oh, the Bible says thou shalt not steal. Oh, that burdens me. Why are you so, why are you so burdened? You, you plan on stealing? I mean, oh, the Bible says don't lie. So don't, 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 don't. Well, you plan on lying? I mean, I'm glad the Bible reminds me of all these things because I want to operate in liberty and I want to operate in spiritual freedom. How many say spiritual freedom? When you obey the word of God, it ushers in spiritual freedom. You can be in the house of God with the people of God and not have freedom from God. D. First uh, John was written to encourage believers. First John was written to encourage believers to love one another. First John was written to encourage believers to love one another. First John 4, 7 says, beloved, let us love one another. Who's us? We, the church, uh, the ecclesia, the, the church, the bride of Christ. We're to love one another. You, you, you can't help but love me. I'm compelled to love you. I don't know how not to love you. That's right. I, don't, I, I love you. And if you don't love me, I still love you. My love for you is an unconditional love. You, it, it, yours will be unconditional too. You got a kind of a conditional love. You messed up. First John 4, 7 says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God. A sign that you've been born again is that you love the brethren and you just don't love folk you like, you love folk you don't like. 
Will you love the brethren? You love the children. Will you love the brethren, your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ? You love the young folk. You love the seniors. You love blacks. You love whites. You love Hispanics and Asians. You don't care about uh, the, the, the color of their skin. When you love people, you love babies, the birth of babies. You love life to the glory of God. When you love people, you love people in their birth and you love people in their death. There's nothing that should stop you from loving people from the womb to the tomb. I said, hey, man. So what you say, amen? amen? That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen again. Amen. I'm going to preach truth because some of y'all have allowed the culture to choke truth out of you. Only the truth going to set you free. You know why you keep coming back here? Because you want to know the truth. You want to know the truth. Uh, e, first John was written to give believers the assurance of their salvation. First John was written to give believers the assurance of their salvation. It's a terrible thing when you can really be saved for 30, 40 years and still struggle with the issue of your salvation. And so John writes this particular epistle to give you the assurance of your salvation. First John 5, 11 through 13 says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Eternal life comes from whom? God. And this life is in his son. You don't get life through money. You don't get life through things. You don't get life through celebrities. You don't get life through all this. You get life through his son, the Lord Jesus. Verse 12, he who has the son, the Lord has what? Life. And that's spiritual life. He who does not have the son does not have life. Does not have life. Look at verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Who is the Son of God? Jesus, that you may know that you have what? Et- look at that, eternal life, life, eternal life, life, eternal life, 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 life. And that you may, co- what? Continue, you never stop believing. Underline that, continue. It is a present active faith. You never stop believing Jesus. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. How does Randall Earl Draper Sr. know he is saved? Because the Bible tells me I'm saved. When I put my trust in the very words that I have just read, I know without a doubt that I'm saved without a doubt. And all the demons in hell can't make me doubt the validity of my salvation because the word of God is true. Amen. And you ought to have that same kind of conviction. Do you know you're saved? Do you know that you know you're saved? You're too old now to be struggling with your salvation. You, you got to know that. You, I know that because there, there here it is. Here it is. It's in print. Just believe what the word says. Okay. Now. All of that was a little review. You say this is going to be a long message. It's really not going to be long. But that was a wonderful review because you needed to be reminded of the purpose for the book and the necessity of John having written this book. Now, 
what must the child of God know in order to live the victorious Christian life? What must the child of God know in order to live the victorious Christian life? Are y'all hanging with me? Good. That was strong. Number one, we know that whoever is born of God does not practice sin. Number one, we know that whoever is what? Born of God, born again, does not practice, live a lifestyle of habitual sin. Verse 18 says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. Just every day you just waking up, sinning, and can go to sleep and snore and could care less. I doubt the validity of your salvation. But he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. Now, this verse is saying that a person who has been born by the spirit of God, who loves God, who pursues God and has a close relationship with him, does not deliberately practice sin. As you are growing in Christ, there ought to be or there should be a decreasing sin factor in your life. You ought to be sinning to a lesser degree today than you were 10 years ago. You know, you ought to be saying, you know what? I'm sinning way more now than I did five years ago. Something is drastically wrong because when you're walking with the Lord and when you sin, you fall under conviction. Your sin bothers a child of God. This verse is saying that a person who has been born by the spirit of God, who loves God, pursues God and has a close relationship with him, does not deliberately practice sin. Even when he or she sins because of that old Adamic nature within us, we grieve over sin. We mourn over sin. You ever sin? You say, man, why did I have to say that? You know, oh, why did I do that? You've been asking yourself, you've been stricken so in the spirit. You ask yourself, why did I have to go there? I I didn't have, was was that really necessary to say? You know, sin bothers a child of God. You confess your sin and you repent, which indicates is indicative that he or she is a genuine believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. God protects and preserves his children from the wicked one because he knows the intentions of their heart. The last phrase in uh, verse 18c, you see we're preaching through the text. The last phrase in verse 18c says, and the evil one does not touch him. See that there? The evil one does not touch him. Now, the phrase does not touch him means to lay hold of or to grasp in order to harm. Does not touch him. It means to lay hold of or to grasp in order to harm. Because we are in Christ and in fellowship with him, Satan cannot go beyond what God allows. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Because we're in Christ and in fellowship with him, Satan cannot go beyond what God allows when it comes to uh, attacking us and uh, touching us and all these things. This is also saying that Satan cannot touch any believer without God's permission. 
Satan cannot do to you any more than what God allows him to do. He operates under the domain of the feet of Jesus. That's true. I'm so glad. Luke, Luke 22, chapter 22, verses 31 through 32 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And Peter did fall. But he was restored and he strengthened his brethren and was a mighty man of God, particularly after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Job chapter one, verses eight through 10 says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Verse 10, uh, God, you, you, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side of him? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land my friend, when God permits his children to be attacked by the enemy and, and Job was attacked, furiously attacked, lost his health, his children, his money, his cattle, his long livestock. I mean, Satan attacked him furiously. But God says you can do all that, but just don't touch his life to the point of death. When God permits his children to be attacked by the enemy, we must take comfort in knowing that God will never permit us to be tested beyond what we can bear. Always remember, whatever you're going through, God knows how much you can bear. God knows how much is enough. He will not take you beyond your breaking point. And, and always remember that when he is sending you through things, he's refining you. He's refining you. He's molding you. He's sifting your life. He's maturing you. He's making you uh, more fit for the kingdom of God to do more services unto him. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.